renewable and cleaner energy sources play an important role in pivoting away from fossil fuels and energy sources which are damaging the planet. But solar, undoubtedly, is leading the charge in this energy transition. Solar and solar energy is a relatively simple and straightforward way of generating clean energy. There is a massive ability to use existing building services. So we do not need clean land or we do not need different environments to actually generate solar. I'm Andrew Belt and a warm welcome to the Patcast, the podcast from Patrizia, the leading partner in global real assets. As reported in the FT in May, Solar power investment is forecast to exceed that of oil for the very first time. Data also showed us that solar and wind produced more electricity for the EU in May 2023 than fossil fuels. Another first. This investment trend explains why $1.7 trillion is forecast to be spent on clean technologies this year, compared to just $1 trillion on fossil fuels, raising hopes that capping global warming at 1.5 degrees is still possible. Patrizia is an active participant in this investment trend, with solar power accounted for in its real estate and infrastructure portfolios. In the first of our two-parter on solar energy, we take a look at the real estate side of the business, and how smart investors, with the help of solar operators and Patrizia's expertise, are leveraging otherwise redundant roof space on logistics assets with solar panels which can provide energy for the grid. One such operator is Sunrock, the largest developer of solar roofs in the Netherlands. Meryl Singer, Director Business Development at Sunrock, joins me on the panel today, alongside Senior Asset Manager at Patrizia, Tim Schotter, who starts by explaining what solarification is. It's the implementation of solar panels, either if it's on real estate or on land, with the purpose of securing energy needs by distributed solar PV systems, and potentially, hopefully, in that way, contributing to the environment with green energy creation on site. So for us, or as as I see it, it's really kind of driving the opportunity to utilize the the amount of space that is there and that is already in use through through logistical roofs and to convert them into clean energy generators to contribute to a clean energy future. So I think by utilizing space that is already kind of available and and transforming that into an energy hub, we are really kind of driving the change. And Tim, you look after the solarification of Patrizia's logistics assets So how did this first come about and why is it a growing trend? Very interesting one, because firstly, looking at real estate, what what you first do is you you start to looking at the building itself and how do do you make it more efficient? What can you do? LED lightning, sensoring, etc. But parallel to that, and in case, for example, a building is already very efficient, a second step is the introduction of renewables, renewable energy. Solification is one of them and for a lot of people also the first thing that comes to mind because of three main aspects. Firstly, and that's that's the easy one to tackle, the sun is an unlimited energy source, which always delivers every single day. So you're not independent on the potential grid congestion, power, etc. It always delivers. Secondly, it's a way to decarbonize assets by the implementation of green energy on site, which is of course in line with our goals, but also in line with the global energy transition we're currently in. And lastly, a very important one, the congestion of the grid. We tend to demand more and more from our grid due to the electrification, the transition the world is currently undergoing. By implementing your own so-called electricity factory on site, you eliminate the possibility to be dependent on the grid, but you can be grid independent in the future. And I think that's a very important one. We're not there yet, but you see that this is an developing ongoing trend uh, moving forward. And what are the wider advantages for Patrizia, our tenants and for investors of adopting this strategy with rooftop solar. 
the rooftop solar, so Miral already said it uh, in the beginning, it's unused roof space, which normally you just leave it there. You don't do anything with it. So for us, solification accesses the possibility to create carbon net zero buildings for both our investors and stakeholders. Simultaneously, it directly contributes also to the to our overarching goal of becoming carbon net zero by 240. And lastly, very important one, it also offers our tenants the access to on-site created energy. So that, that energy is created on top of their lease space, which is, yeah, I think a unique possibility for our tenants also to access that. And what impact can real estate and logistics as a sector within real estate play within the global energy transition? Yes, everywhere you look, and it might sound too easy to, to say so, but everywhere you look, you see real estate. Therefore, also the worldwide carbon footprint real estate has is massive. You can't even put it into numbers. So it's not a question of what impact real estate can make, but it's a must to do so. Zooming in, for example, our own logistic portfolio, we have 6 million square meters of available unused roof space. This translates to the potential green energy creation equal to the usage of 200,000 homes. So 200,000 homes, we are able to provide them with green energy created on our roofs. And that's only the logistic part of Patricia, solely focusing on solar. So we're not talking about any other renewable energy source, just solar, let alone the rest of our portfolio and even the world. So the potential impact real estate has in regards to the global energy transition is huge and obviously can't be ignored. A lot of people are seeing that that we will have a problem in the near future. So therefore, creating your own sustainable, non-independent hubs on site is, is, I believe, key to move on in the future as a real estate, as a business as well. How are your tenants kind of thinking about this? Is this something that, that, that is a given for them? Is it, What are they demanding and asking from you? Yeah, it's a very good question, a very interesting one. So sustainable and being sustainable, ESG, for example, those were words which were not known for a couple of years ago within real estate. Today, everyone is talking about every business has it on top of their agenda as, as one of their main KPIs. This also t- translates back to, to the uses of our buildings. We need to educate them on the importance of green energy, on the importance of sustainability and what it will mean for their business going forward if they don't use this or if they don't comply with the energy transition we're currently in. So what you currently see is that there are a lot of questions. People don't understand what the benefit is in for them. People, for example, in logistics, every user thinks about money and what the direct return is for a potential usage of green energy or a potential sustainable investment. And we need to educate them that it's not only about direct investment, but more on b- about the indirect investment. So if you don't do it, if you don't comply with those transformations we're currently undergoing, that in future you won't be relevant anymore. And it could also mean that the stranding of your business. So what you see, uh, to summarize it, 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 it's a lot of education currently from our side towards our users, as the same as we had in the, couple, in the past years uh, as well, because it's, it's, it's an important topic and we can't ignore it. Looking at the macro environment and how investment in clean energy is now overtaking fossil fuels, why, Merrill, do you think solar is leading the charge in this energy transition? Solar and solar energy is a relatively simple and, and straightforward way of generating clean energy. And I think there is a massive ability, as, as Tim already mentioned, to use existing building services. So we do not need clean land or we do not need different environments to actually generate solar. And as Tim said, the sun is always there, or at least the light is always there. We don't even we don't even need full sun to kind of get the solar panels to work. So I think in that sense, it's 
it's a very simple way of, of making impact in a broader sense. And I think this is what you're seeing both on the logistical and, and the B2B or industry side, but also even in like the residential areas, people installing solar panels on their home. So it's a very simple and straightforward way to generate clean energy and to kind of participate in, in this whole clean energy transition. And I think that is really why we've seen solar take such a lift off over the last couple of years and, and it's expected to even ramp up further. I think the key challenge that, that we're now experiencing is just the fact that it's great that we're producing so much solar energy, but solar is clearly produced between probably like seven in the morning and six in the evening. And it's not always that we use our energy at those moments of time. So I think the challenge is, is how do we now kind of utilize or create kind of a clear balanced energy inflow and outflow by changing our behavior and, and, and consuming more during the daytime, but also kind of using battery capacity or, or other storage capacity in spreading out the solar energy that we produce and, and generate in a more equal and balanced way. And Tim, how did you first become aware of Sunrock and what made you decide to partner with them on behalf of Patrizia? Yes, that's a very interesting one as well, because a lot of funds we manage, they are linked to KVG law, which is a German law and is currently still in place. This law prevents us to earn money from anything else than real estate. Meaning, in short, we can't install these panels ourselves and we need to work with a third party to do it for us. A couple of years ago, I think uh, two or three years ago, we bought an industrial logistic asset from a developer, local developer in the Netherlands, DHG, and they had already had a solar lease with Sunrock in place. This was our first initial introduction to the company Sunrock. It showed us uh, directly on the spot what the attraction of working with them is. They provide the financing and operational expertise to deliver green energy to the local and national grid, as well as the ability, and this is a very important one, to create net zero carbon operational buildings for both our tenants and investors, which then, again, perfectly aligns with the sustainable ambitions of all our stakeholders. So in that way, we're able to create sustainable buildings. And at the same time, we are inheriting, we are operating in line with the laws which are in place, in which our funds are located in. So therefore, it's a perfect circle as well. And last but not least, and that, that's not a big point, but it's, it's also a very important point. Sunrock also pays rent for the roof they lease. So it's an unused roof. Normally, we won't do anything with it. Now we create sustainable solar on site. We receive roof rent and we have the possibility to create carbon net zero buildings. I think what, what is also good to highlight is, is indeed kind of what we see is, is being the extension and, and kind of your knowledge partner on energy solutions and, and knowing kind of what's happening and what are the trends, but also really listening to what are the challenges you're facing and what's happening within in this sense, the logistical environment, being able to not only put that solar roof on top and, and pay your roof lease and offer kind of local consumption to your user, but also being being able to kind of build out that, that system further, uh, adding a battery, adding charging and making sure that, that for the user of the building, it's a clear cut that 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 logistical asset is the one they should be in and that it's operated fully carbon neutral. So Merrill, why did Sunrock shift towards rooftop solar as its primary focus? Yeah, so I think fr from from like the beginning and the start, rooftop solar was always kind of our focus. We've really built that business out in the Netherlands and, and are now kind of front runner uh, and, and market leader in that sense. From that angle, we said, okay, let's look at other alternatives. How can we help smaller roof owners? Can we look at land opportunities? But we, what we really see is kind of the sweet spot is within these logistical assets. The coverage, the roof surface, but also the future energy need is, is really where we see this playing. And we, we see that we can become a, a true partner for our, our real estate partners. So I think our next step is into kind of moving into broader Europe and, and really scaling and scoping that potential, becoming our, our like the European partner for our, our real estate partners. 
Meryl, how do you see it combining with, with for example, the demand from, from real estate investors like us to create carbon and zero buildings? Because firstly, of course, and I think that's very good for the audience to understand, is that when you create a solar site, PV site on, on, an, on an asset, you firstly deliver back to the grid, and then you have the possibility to buy it back from the grid to the building. So that way, create carbon and zero buildings. But moving forward, for example, we would like to eliminate that piece of, of delivering firstly back to the grid and then moving directly to the building because it is created on, on site. How do you see that as Sunrock going forward? Yeah, so I think it's a really good point, Tim. And I think this is also where we see the landscape and the industry changing. So if you look at the buildings we developed three, four years ago, energy was cheap and no one cared about green energy. There was no scarcity in that. So I think the challenge that we see is is that within a very short period, all of a sudden energy prices have have really rised and peaked. So so all of a sudden there's a need for clean energy at a consistent and, and kind of a good price in that sense. And that there's the need for local offtake, so carbon net zero buildings and operations. So what we are trying to do is really work with our partners and understand, hey, what are your needs and and how do we kind of create a business case that works for you? And and how do we kind of meet the requirements that, that you have in your business operations? So, for example, one of the changes that's now been made is like every new project that we will run. I know we have a couple of in Germany as well. The first step will be is, is making sure that we understand how much energy is the user currently using in the building and offer them a local contract. And contracting wise, there's 25 different sources and contracts to be made. But in essence, our step one is actually now local offtake and making sure that we meet those needs. But step two will be is that we already kind of know that with the electrification, that local offtake will be a multiple of six to eight times in the next say, 10 to 15 years. So how do we not make sure that we offer that energy today at a consistent and good price for, for the user, but how do we actually make sure that we, we keep on kind of growing uh, linked to their needs? So when they need charging, that we can kind of add charging and, and kind of local offtake of energy on that charging. And when we, we move into heat pumps or when you move into heat pumps, that we can offer that electricity that is needed. So I think it's not only being more aware of, okay, what is it the tenant needs now and offering that, but also kind of working very closely together hand in hand, how will the next five to 10 years evolve? And how do we make sure that we are able to adjust kind of our offer to continuously contribute to your net zero ambitions, help the tenant in in using clean energy and being able to kind of develop? Because I think at the end of the day, our our challenge is is to develop as much solar as we can to really make that impact in that that energy transition. Yeah, definitely agree. And and you touched already also on, on my next question in regards to this. So how critical do you think this is in the current energy climate? Yeah, it, it, it's massive. So I think the great thing since COVID is is that there's a that there's a major sense of awareness around the energy climate, or at least kind of the climate and and the the, the changes that we're seeing, and that we need to act now. So I think. The best thing of, of a horrendous time has been that there's much more awareness and, and need to act and to drive that change now. So I think, and if you look at the full scale and scope of things that we're, we're doing, energy and the energy transition is just one of them. Understanding that we need to kind of move away from traditional oil and gas into kind of more electrification. And then also kind of the ability to, to produce energy at all these local little hubs, which are, are the roofs and, and making sure that we are future proof for that. How do you see that potential other smart solutions come into play? So, of course, you have solar. Uh, the solar business within Sunrock is huge. But what other types of smart solutions do you are you currently developing or do you already have in place? So I see kind of that we, we and Sunrock is only part of that transition, but we as the world have been major successful in, in growing solar uh, um, as one of our, our clean energy sources. 
But that also brings challenges along in in play. And I think the main challenge, as we already discussed it, is, is the fact that kind of solar has a very specific profile of, of when they produce. And if I link that to logistical buildings and, and when logistical buildings are operating, if I look at the current situation, maybe 10%, 20% of all the electricity that is generated by the solar panels is now being used by the tenant. It's nothing. But we know electrification, which is heat pumps and EV charging, will lead to probably like 50 to 80% of the usage of the roof. So that's going to massively change. But then we also know that charging isn't done during the day because during the day, these trucks are on the road and they're delivering and they're bringing products to their end customers. So charging happens at night. And I think that's part of the smart solutions is being able to utilize the solar energy that that is produced, but also being able to kind of put it back to, to the local user when they need it, which is sometimes at night. And also kind of in that sense, using the storage capacity that we're putting in place to enable this to also help our grid providers in this whole transition and stabilizing the grid. So our smart solutions are really working towards creating like local energy hubs, creating the hubs of the future in that sense, uh, enabling the users of these logistical hubs to keep on operating because I think that is crucial, but do that in an, in an independent and, and clean way. And Tim, from an investment perspective, how does solar drive value in an asset? What we tend to do in real estate is we, we need we, we're always searching for the direct value of something we put into for money we invest in something or, or for example, but this value is not directly something which is for example shown in evaluation. It's more something that the creation of sustainable sources on site provide us for having stranded assets. Eventually, that translates to creating a stable future income source for our investors. Due to certification on site. We're also enabled to create the possibility to be grid independent, which is very important in the future with the electrification going on and also the high demand, which the grid will face uh, going forward, not only in the Netherlands, but in the whole world. And this can, for example, then be done with the batteries we just we just talked about and with this solar creational site. So having all these kinds of elements together, it will create us to create a future stable sustainable portfolio going forward and in that way it drives the value of the portfolios we manage. Okay so moving from the theoretical to the practical one of our flagship assets that really demonstrates the potential of rooftop solar is Masblakter on the port of Rotterdam. So could you tell us a little bit about this asset? It's a logistic building it's created on artificial land it used to be sea and it's uh, the largest building we have in regards to square meters within the entire Patricia portfolio. It's in a logistic asset consisting of 10 buildings, a total of 210,000 square meters, occupied by three tenants with, with, long, with long leases. Also there, we have a lot of unused available roof space. And that's where this project kicks in. And that's why, why we created the largest, currently one of the largest European solar rooftop installations to date, the amount of square meters that, that the buildings cover is, is already really impressive. And then if I tell you that there's a 25 megawatt system on top, it is even more impressive. So it's actually the largest solar project in Europe or a rooftop solar project in Europe at this point of time. So uh, we're record breaking, Tim, in this one. Um, <laughs> and I, I think there's something else which is good to highlight. So I, I really like that Tim already kind of explained the mass fluctus. So, so it's actually indeed, it's a it's a land kind of t- fill um, in the near the harbor of Rotterdam or in the harbor of Rotterdam. 
and it is in an area that that is quite windy, so to say. So I think it's not only that we had challenges of, okay, how many megawatts can we put on the roof and, and how can we make it kind of sustainable and how can we produce as much clean energy as possible and, and find good solutions for it. The other challenge that we had was really safety because in, in that area, there's a lot of wind and kind of wind gusts and clearly putting a solar rooftop or a solar system on a rooftop is not only about kind of generating electricity, it's also about creating a safe uh, system and setup. So there we, for example, found many challenges is how, how do we kind of build something that is really suitable and capable of kind of coping with these wind uh, wind speeds and making sure that, that whatever we put on the roof is not only kind of producing clean energy, but is also doing that in a safe manner. Maybe this is also the good momentum to kind of say, indeed, like the great thing about having a true partnership is that we not only develop the solar, but that we also kind of manage all the assets or, or, or all the solar panels that are on the roof and the system that is on the roof. So also have a kind of a team in place that really checks in. How is the performance going? Is everything still working? Is everything still clean? Do we need to make any amendments? Do we need to do any repairs or, or, or kind of preventive maintenance? So putting a system on, on a roof is one. Making sure that it works and, and maintaining it for 25 years is a second. And I think we really have built those capabilities to be able to be that partner for the full lifetime and, and cycle of, uh, of the solar system. How much untapped potential do you see in rooftop solar? So clearly, well, I, I'm, we're still working in the European scope, so I won't give you the, the worldwide numbers and figures. But if you figure out that Patricia alone has 6 million square meters, imagine the amount of square meters that are still there within the logistical space only. So we're not even talking about residential and, and, and other households and types. So kind of, I know that... Even looking at rooftop solar uh, within the logistical area, we would be able to solve for a significant part of the energy transition uh, through solar development. So I, I, we have only just begun. And I, I really like the fact that that not only are we looking at the current buildings and how we're transitioning them, it has become a standard in any new building that is being developed and built. And I think the next standard and the next new thing will be a full smart solutions. And I'm really excited and looking forward to really realizing those and, and making that impact. I think the key is very important to see, okay, what kind of possibilities do we have now that we already, for example, Nenos, we have that solar already in place. What are the next steps we, we could potentially take in regards to, to our tenants becoming more aware of sustainability, but also transforming from their fossil fuel vehicles to, to electrified to see, okay, how can we contribute to their goals and to make sure that our, our assets are exactly what it, in line with what the tenants expect, expect. Yeah, and I think to that point, it's a partnership and a relationship together. So, so you, you build and grow together, but you also learn together. And I think that is really, for me, key and what I value so much is that we're, we're building and, and learning together, but we're also listening and, and, and understanding each other and trying to figure out, okay, so how do we help each other and how do we become relevant for each other? And I think that is, for me, a true partnership, going through it together and growing together, but also always looking at each other and figuring out, hey, are we doing the right thing here? And, and this is the way forward. Yep. And, and if not, how do we change it to, to be successful together? Thanks to Merrill and Tim for joining us on the podcast. And thanks to you for listening. I'm Andrew Belt, and you've been listening to the Packcast from Patrizia. Remember, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to head over to our website, patrizia.ag, to find out more. This podcast is produced by OG Podcasts. Find out more at ogpodcasts.co.uk.